This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. One of the things that we have frequently chronicled on this show are the existing problems and the potential problems with the social media video sharing platform known as TikTok. If you haven't been following this, the problem from a cultural and psychological perspective is that these videos are designed to essentially shrink children's attention span, get them hooked on social media, get them hooked on video sharing. Essentially, it's like a digital crack, and I don't think that's that much of an exaggeration. But the other problem is this. The company that owns TikTok is a Chinese company, and a lot of people have raised concerns about this. Republicans like President Trump, President Trump actually tried to ban this when he was in office, and uh, Democrats like Senator Mark Warner. And Anthony Weiner, when he was on this show a week or two ago, he predicted that one of the bipartisan initiatives that you could see in the new Congress is that they would go forward with a ban of TikTok. Now, I'm all for free speech. I'm all for businesses being able to do what they want. But I'll tell you why I do like the idea of a TikTok ban, or at least looking at it. In China, there is absolutely no distinction between private business and the government. And that's bad news for anyone that has a TikTok account because that means the Chinese government has access to your data. Here's the problem. The NYPD has a TikTok page. The NYPD has regularly been posting content to TikTok on its official page despite warnings from state and federal intelligence officials that communist China could use the app to spy on users. New York's finest operate one of the most popular TikTok pages of any police department in the U.S. with nearly 240,000 followers. I'm all for the NYPD using whatever means it can to reach out to the community, but TikTok is just too much of a security risk. I don't think the NYPD should have anything to do with TikTok until it's owned by an American company. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Every week, it seems like there is another edition of the same story. And whenever I see this same story, it simultaneously makes me sad and makes me happy. The story is some version of someone locked up for 20 years, 25 years, 25, 30 years, and they ultimately get freed. And it's revealed through DNA or new evidence or whatever the case may be that they 
didn't commit a crime and their conviction has been vacated. The reason it makes me happy is because an innocent person is getting out of prison. The reason it makes me sad is because that innocent person has oftentimes had 10, 15, 20 years of their life robbed from them for no reason. So I was particularly interested in the case of Kareem Mayo. Kareem Mayo had his 23-year-old murder conviction tossed last week. Great news. Very happy to see it. The guy has been in prison for over two decades, and he should be happily back home with his grandchildren right now. But instead, even though his conviction has been vacated, he is still being held at Rikers Island. Yes, that's right. This guy, who is now no more guilty than I am of this crime of murder, is still being held in jail at Rikers Island because there are administrative delays over leg monitor paperwork. And this poor guy is at Rikers. They want to give him an ankle bracelet to monitor him while the Brooklyn DA's office makes a decision about whether they're going to retry him or not. His lawyers successfully argued that the sole eyewitness who claimed to have seen this murder lied about not needing to wear glasses to see far distances. This guy, 48 years old, remains locked up inside the Anna M. Cross Center on Rikers Island a week. Not a day, not an hour, not two days. A week after the decision by Brooklyn State Supreme Court Justice Dina Douglas to throw out his conviction. They're waiting to fit him with an ankle monitor? I'm sorry. Get it done quickly. You want to retry him? Go ahead and retry him. But this poor guy should not be in jail while his murder conviction is thrown out. He's done enough time for something that he should never have been convicted of. Get Kareem Mayo out of jail. Get him out now. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. There are a lot of great things about being a New Yorker. There's a lot of great things about being a New Yorker who takes mass transit. I am a New Yorker who frequently takes mass transit, the subway, the bus, the express bus. And one of the things that I've enjoyed these last few years when taking the bus or the express bus is the complimentary Wi-Fi services. Well, lo and behold, the MTA turned off free Wi-Fi service on its buses this month, citing low usage. The free Internet access was cut on January. 14th. The Wi-Fi was available on 4,266 MTA buses. That's about three quarters of the fleet. Transit officials said just 33,000 people use the Wi-Fi on buses during an average day. They claim that's about 2% of the 1.4 million bus riders that the agency records per workday. They say, and I'm skeptical of this, that cutting the Wi-Fi service on buses will save the agency $3.3 million every year. I am curious, though, is this going to apply to express buses as well? It sounds like it will, and I think that's a mistake. The people that rely on the express bus to get home after a night out partying or to get to work or to get home from work, they're traditionally on those express buses for a long time, 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half. Sometimes if traffic's bad, it could be two hours. And people need to get work done on those express bus rides. I understand that if someone's taking a a bus, a regular bus, eight blocks, 10 blocks, half a mile. They're not going to break out their laptop and start getting work done. But those of us that take the express bus, we do rely on this Wi-Fi service. And I would ask the MTA, and I'm planning on testifying before the next MTA hearing and making this point known. I would ask the MTA, please, if you're going to cut Wi-Fi services from buses, fine. Keep it in place for express buses. 
please. We need it. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Recently, we told you about what Canada is doing in terms of limiting real estate purchases in that country to people that are citizens of Canada. Well, apparently now Florida is exploring limiting purchases of certain real estate transactions to people that are American citizens. And MyCentralJersey.com asks a very interesting question in its headline yesterday. Should New Jersey farms be owned by foreign countries? State Senator Doug Steinhardt says no. And he's actually introduced legislation that would prohibit foreign ownership of New Jersey farmland amidst rising concerns about a Chinese buying spree of American farms. He said, quote, we need to pay attention to the fact that China and its proxies have been buying up farmland across the United States. When you recognize that food security is national security, it quickly becomes clear that we need to prevent our agricultural lands in New Jersey from falling under the control of hostile foreign governments. So he's got this new legislation that would prohibit any foreign government or any foreign person from acquiring, purchasing, or otherwise obtaining an interest in any agricultural land in New Jersey with a few limited exceptions. The bill also requires any foreign-owned farmland to be sold within five years of the bill's enactment to an individual, a corporation, or a partnership, or other business entity that's not a foreign government or foreign person. I have to tell you, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here or an ultra-paranoid xenophobe. I think this is very sound legislation. China already owns so much of America to begin with. We're already purchasing so much many so many goods that are made in China. We're already borrowing so much money from China to fund our government operations. Do we really need to be allowing them to purchase all this American farmland? I'd love to see some of New York's legislators propose some similar legislation to protect some of New York's farms from Chinese ownership. Beam me up. To be continued.